choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Welcome to the first edition of Beyond the Diamond Podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Lalima. You can find me on Twitter at blima790. I'm a sports personality for Apollo HOU and host of the Lalima Lounge on the Apollo HOU Twitch channel every Thursday night at 8 p.m. I am joined by the one, the only, Apollo Dez. What is up, brother? Glad to be here. Glad to kick this off and uh, just ready to, to rock and roll with this uh, Apollo Podcast Network. So if, if our following doesn't know who you are, you want to tell them who you are real quick? I know everybody knows you, but let's just, you know, maybe the most random follower is listening right now and they have no idea who Apollo Des is. Absolutely. Uh, I'm a co-founder of Apollo Media at Apollo HOU on Twitter. Um this has just kind of been a year in the making and, and three years in the making behind that with just a vision. And so we are uh, finally, finally, finally here. Baseball season starts in less than, you know, 52 hours um, by the time of this recording on 3.30. Um, I'm just pumped, pumped to see this this team grow, pumped to see this this podcast that we're doing grow. And just to talk shop, talk baseball, uh, I think we named it Beyond the Diamond because it's, it's going past just your typical Astros podcast. Uh, both of us played college ball. We both have insights in the game. And uh, let's just talk the game, you know? Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us at Apollo H-O-U. Dez is at Apollo Dez 1. That's D-E-Z. I am, again, at B Lima 790. Uh, and Dez, you, you stated it quite perfectly. This podcast is going to be aimed more than just your standard, uh, typical baseball talk. We've got the baseball college backgrounds. You were a catcher growing up, so you've probably got one of the smarter baseball IQs around. I was a two-year team captain, all-conference outfielder. So I think between the both of us, the average listener might get some insight that they've never heard before uh, concerning the Astros and just the game itself. And you and I, along with a few other Apollo HOU members, we just got back from spring training. Uh, we went down to West Palm Beach. We covered the Astros uh, Wednesday through Saturday, and it was a trip for the books. But at the end of the day, we finally got to sit in a stadium and watch live baseball. That was the best part. It felt relieving. It's been uh, a wild 2020 into 2021 with everything going on, a shortened season, uh, the Astros lost George Springer in the offseason, but we got to see Jordan Alvarez swing the bat. We got to see Jake Odorizzi throw uh, a few innings. We saw Zach Grinke. Uh, we saw Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Bregman. I mean, you name it, Uncle Mike, Michael Brantley. We saw the death lineup. Um, we did. So it was a very good trip for not just us, but the Houston Astros to finally put that lineup together and kind of see what they're working with. Yeah, it was really good. Um but first things that just popped off the page, Kyle Tucker's built. He's huge. He's put on some mass. 
Um, Jordan Alvarez has, has dropped some weight. He looks really athletic. Uh, and then watching Jose Ucredi obviously do what he does, and he just he just does it real quietly. He reminds me a lot of Greg Maddox. Uh, just he, he he lets his pitching arsenal do the talking. He he pulls the string with that changeup, and it's deadly. Obviously, we got to like you said, we got to see Grinky. We got to see. Um, the bullpen work, the young cats that we saw last year, we got to see them take that next step uh, in their first major league spring training, a lot of them uh, at West Palm and uh, get live bullets. So uh, it was a really cool trip. Glad the Apollo guys is going to be a staple of what we're going to do uh, as we continue to grow at Apollo Media. We're going to we're going to be out there more. Spring training is just a trip for for any baseball fan to go to. Um, the players are accessible, um, obviously, to a limit with COVID going on right now, but, uh, it's just right there. It's, it's a, like it's baseball. We're sitting there in the stands, we're having a beer and, uh, it, it was really, really cool to see. Yeah. And, and if you haven't been to fit team ballpark, I would highly, highly recommend going. It's a beautiful, uh, minor league complex, spring training complex, whatever you, you want to call it, the Astros and the Nationals share it. And that, that part of the year in Florida is some of the most beautiful weather you can find. Um, you know, you've got highs between 75 and 80 during the day, uh, but then at night it drops down to right around 60 degrees, which is perfect uh, weather if you're going to sit in an open stadium, enjoy a cold brew, watch some baseball. Uh, you talked about Jose Urquidy. Uh He's one of the names that I wanted to discuss. And something that you hear playing for as many years as you did is, is I'm sure, the term quiet confidence. And that's what I see out of Jose Urquidy. He looked damn good in spring training. The fastball had some life on it. Obviously, the changeup is there. The slider command was good. To me, for the pitching staff going into this season, he's going to be the X factor for me. You're going to have to have somebody beyond Zach Greinke. Obviously, Lance McCullers is going to be right there. But but for me, again, Jose Urquidy is going to be the X factor. How many innings can we get from Urquidy? Uh, every outing, can he throw five-plus innings? Obviously, he pitched very well in the postseason last year. Uh, the Astros are going to start without uh, Fromber Valdez. Uh, I think some uh, notes came from him today, or not from him, about him from Dusty Baker today. Brian McTaggart uh, reported that the news, quote, was very, very good and exciting. We don't know a timeline on Valdez, obviously, with the finger injury that happened earlier in spring training. But again, for me, I think Jose Arquiti is going to be uh, a big X factor for the Astros. Yeah, for sure. I think... Um any found innings by Framer Valdez this year's found money. Obviously, when the news broke, you saw the players tweeting, and it just didn't it didn't pass a sniff test because everyone thought it was like, oh, you know, it's just a, a little baby comebacker to the mound, and we saw him pitch the the next inning, right? And then we see all the players' tweets, and we're like, okay, that's a little weird. And then we hear the news that he could be done for the year. And so um, a month later, uh, season's about to roll, and we're getting some positive news on that front. Obviously, Astros keep everything to their chest uh, with injuries. But so any found money, any found innings with Framber is is found money, and I'm excited about that because dude's a staff ace. I want to see him build off what he did last year. But to touch on Jose Uquidi, I think like you said, quiet confidence. You nailed it, bro. Like that change up the slider the fastball you, you know what you're gonna get and he's just gonna he's gonna say hey how far can you hit this and it's just that quiet confidence um and we've seen it we've seen it in the world series we've seen it in the playoffs and uh, i think he's gonna be a horse i think he honestly dusty's gonna um 
pivot to your Creedy being that guy. We saw that last year with Framber down the sprint, just Dusty keeping it out there. And that's a lot of confidence, right? You have a manager and a skipper that um, leans to old school philosophies uh, with a little analytical twist. And he's going to keep the guys out there. Um, if it's good or bad, he's going he's gonna to ride them out. And I think you see that uh, pay dividends in October because the moment's never too big. These guys have been there before and uh, they have the stamina. So I'm fully expected buying all this dog on Jose Urquidy this year. Yeah, and, and Urquidy's going to have to throw some innings uh, for the Astros because obviously Valdez is hurt. Uh, Andrew, is it Andrew or Andre? I always mess it up. Andre, right? Andre Mr. Scrub. Scrub. Yeah. Yeah. Andre Scrub, Josh James is still hurt. Scrub is still hurt. Uh, a name that we really haven't talked about, uh, Austin Pruitt, still, yeah. still lingering. Yeah, still, still lingering. Issues. Yep. Uh, so you know you're gonna have Zach Grinke. You'll have uh, Lance McCullers. You'll have Urquidy. Uh, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a complete blank. I'm screwing up uh, on our Christian first Javier. Will there be, you go, uh, Christian Javier. Will yep. be in there as well. And then, obviously, we saw Jake Odorizzi. It was his first uh, start of spring training. He went against a Nationals lineup that had everybody in it. Yes. Uh, Juan Soto. I mean, you can go on and on uh, about that lineup. But that was their starting lineup or predicted starting lineup for opening day. And Odorizzi's coming out. Probably, from what we saw, looked like he was working on just fastball changeup. Uh, he did give up a pair of back-to-back bombs. But for me, obviously, knowing the game a little more in depth, than the normal person. It's just his first spring training outing, trying to locate the fastball, seeing what you have. I didn't, obviously it's never good to give up a pair of back-to-back bombs, but just him getting out there and getting the reps in, he's going to start it at uh, the alternate side of Corpus Christi to get more reps in. I look forward to having him uh, be a number three or number four for the Astros. Just more veteran leadership uh, for some of these young guys. If he can, you know, get more and more comfortable as the you know extended spring if you will uh for him and then bring him up to the big squad and get him some more innings that's just going to be pay dividends for the astros down down the stretch because when odorizzi is good he is pretty damn good so him being picked up by the astros it just makes it makes the uh the pitching order and the pitching lineup for dusty baker a little bit easier i guess you could say yeah, I think uh, there's there's two philosophies with Odorizzi. Uh, he could be a jag, just another guy, or he could be something that Strom spins out, and we've seen it time and time again. So obviously I want to lean on on St. Strom and, and what he does. Uh, but if anything, he eats innings. Obviously it's not a sprint anymore. It's the regular season. It's a grind. We'll go through the dog days. And uh, I think he's a vet where, and, I, and I've said this before, that – at the end of the day, he's going to keep you in the ball game, right? He knows if he gives up a four or five spot, he knows that offense behind him, that death lineup. And, hey, if I can just get four or five, it's not my best day. I can hand it over to the pin to the young guns and just let my offense uh, maybe bail me out. Then you take that 10 times out of 10. So really excited to see him. I think they're slowly bringing him along. Obviously, Javier uh, with that invisible ball he throws and then Luis Garcia, be like kind of fighting for that fifth spot. Um, we'll see. I think it will it'll be kind of a little tandem thing until one emerges, but until Framber comes back. But um, just all in all, I think just on that trip itself, the guys were getting good at bats. Uh, we saw it with, with Altuve and Braggs and Correa. They 
had a lot of barrels, a lot of barrels that were just finding gloves. And that's kind of the story of the Astros, right? Um, we've seen it in October. It, it sucks, but the guys, the guys are having great approaches. Uh, so I, I'm excited. I'm excited through and through of what our trip was about seeing the guys and uh it's opening day looming it's it's great yeah and, and right quick before we talk about the uh the lineup that we saw uh as far as offense one of the guys that kind of stuck out to you and i as we were sitting there behind home plate was uh belak brandy belak yeah uh he threw very well uh, another guy that we saw was blake taylor he came in and threw some some solid innings um and then ryan stanick my man Buy with the, the flow stuff. All my man with the buy it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm all in on Stanick. He looked phenomenal. He has some stuff that I really didn't think he had. Um, it stuck it stuck out to me, and I'm excited that the Astros have him. That's going to be another key arm uh, out of the bullpen. So uh, we got to see quite a bit of the Astros what they offer on the on the mound out of the bullpen. A uh, guy that we didn't really talk about that made the squad was Brian Abreu. He had a down year last year. It's been known that uh, last year he came in overweight, didn't pitch well. And this year he came in, lost some pat, lost some weight, lost a few LBs and pitched very well in the spring, made the team. So he's another guy to watch. Absolutely. Uh, obviously <laughs> Anoli Paredes, Ryan Presley. I mean, we can go on and on. I mean, the, the bullpen with the young guys and the stuff that they have could be, uh, could be pretty damn good uh, for the Astros. So yeah, I'm excited. I, At the end of the I'm day, excited. I'm excited. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And then, uh, you know, with the with the lineup, as we're wrapping up this first segment, we're just recapping our spring, the Apollo HOU spring training trip here on Beyond the Diamond podcast uh, with Brian LaLima and Apollo Dez. Uh, let's talk real quick about, you know, some of the at-bats we saw. We talked about Jordan Alvarez earlier. Uh, he looks healthy. He ran well. He barrel balls up. The swing, the the bat path looks good. The man might hit 50 home runs this year. Yeah, I mean, at the at the end of the day with Jordan Alvarez, it's almost like a fever dream, right? We've seen him for a little bit, and then we've never, we haven't seen him after that. Like, does he really exist? And I think that's what all the fans are saying because when he's there in the lineup – he's our version of Big Poppy, And I think he can grow into that. He just has to stay on the field. And I know guys that are on Twitter and stuff like that are like, okay, maybe you can play first or the outfield. Like, no, he's your perma DH. Like, you keep him there for a decade uh, and you just let him hit. You let him do those things. Obviously, those those fluky injuries and those those knees got to hold up. But if he's in the lineup, he anchors it all because you, you can't pitch around him because then you have a Correa and you've got to attack, you've got to attack Jordan or, you know, Braggs is in front of you and, and he's going to get you. So, like, he really anchors the lineup. And I think the big thing, and and for everyone as a, as a baseball fan, that Michael Brantley signing, and I tweeted it, I think we will look back in a few years and be like, wow, that's what really extended the window in my books. Because him as a hitter, it's always consistent. You know what you're going to get with Uncle Mike. And that carries a lineup in the dog days because – we all know how streaky Altuve can get. Or Correa is he in or out of the lineup? Uh, Breggs heats up, you know, late after a slow start. But Brantley kind of is just Mister Consistent. And if you have that in a lineup, along with Jordan, it, that I'm telling you, that one in six um, is is the best in the game. I'll, I'll I'll keep saying that because that lineup has logged so many innings and they're battle tested throughout October. They've seen everything. So 
I'm excited to see these guys uh, go out to Oakland. Uh, obviously, a big test on the road. I don't know if fans are going to be there or not, but I'm sure they'll be hearing it on their way in. But the lineup's just anchored by those two guys in my eyes, the the Jordan and uh, Brantley. Yeah, yeah. Go, going forward into opening day and then throughout the rest of the season, that's going to be the big um, – I mean, I hate to say, you know, use the same word as you, but it's 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 the anchor. The anchor of the Astros is going to be the offense. That lineup is has so many quality hitters in it from top to bottom. Uh, even if if Martin Maldonado can swing it like he did last year, I mean, to have a, a catcher that can hit over two fifty, that's something you don't see very often. I mean, you've got what a couple guys that can do that. JT Realmuto being one of them, um, and Grandal. Yeah, and Grandal. That's it. Uh, you can't name another catcher that can hit over 250. So if Maldonado or even Jason Castro, the Astros went and picked him up for another veteran guy behind the plate to help the young pitching staff. If he can put some good at-bats together, you just have such a good lineup from top to bottom. It's going to be hard to get those guys out. And with yep. today's pitching, that's <laughs> – man, it's it's exciting just to think that the Astros have so many weapons – uh, from Altuve in the leadoff spot, Uncle Mike somewhere in there, who is just one of the most professional hitters that the game has probably ever seen. Um, obviously, they've got Alex Bregman. I'm excited to see what Carlos Correa can do. Obviously, on looming is free agency, so you know yeah. he's going to want to show out this year. Even if the Astros don't extend him, um, you know he's going to want to show out, stay healthy, barrel as many balls up as he can. We know what he can do in the postseason. Um, Yuli Gurriel, I'm looking for a big bounce back for him because he struggled in the playoffs last year. So um, Kyle Tucker, you talked about him as we first started this first segment. He's beefed up. Can he be, a, I don't know, a 30-30 guy? We talked about that. We talked about that I, in spring I, training. I, he could be. I could see it happen. Like at the end of the day, if we look back and the end of the season, like Kyle Tucker was a 30-30 for 30 guy, that wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't like catch me off guard because – yeah, he has that talent. Yeah, he's a freak. And obviously, we saw the light come on. And the fan base, as um, irrational as they can be sometimes, they were, you know, screaming for, for his head to be traded. And Jeff stood I was, put. I, yeah. I will say that I, I, oh, yeah, I was 100% all in on trading Kyle Tucker. And I'm yeah. glad that he finally figured it out. And there's a reason why Kyle Tucker was untradeable. So mm-hmm. I hope, I really hope that we see Kyle Tucker as a 30 30 guy. Yeah. And I, and I think the pressure of not having to be the guy, because, I mean, this segment we barely touched on Bregman, runner-up MVP, Carlos Correa, we've seen the home runs and the clutch hits, and Jose Altuve, the MVP. Like, we haven't even talked about those guys. We didn't dip with the other guys. Like, Tucker doesn't have to be that dude. And I think that's a a breath of fresh air for him, uh, just because he can go out and do, do what he does. And, and I think the X factor is Miles Straw, who's had a hell of a spring training. Uh, it's a double if he gets on base because his speed is elite, elite. So the lineup one through nine is is uh, truly something to uh, be pumped up about. Yeah, and and you mentioned you know Carlos Correa. Obviously, he hasn't been extended by the Astros. Opening day is right around the corner. He gave the Astros a deadline of first pitch of opening day. Um, Lindor has been made some massive offers. Obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr. has signed for a lot of money. There's been a lot of contracts being 
uh, extended and these these mega money deals. Uh, so Apollo Dez and myself will hit on Carlos Correa. And what do the Astros do? Uh, can they make a deal done? What you know? What our thoughts will be? We're going to take a break here on Beyond the Diamond podcast, and we'll come back and talk about Carlos Correa. All right, we're back here on Beyond the Diamond podcast. Brian Lalima here with my co-host, Apollo Dez. And Dez, one thing that's looming over the Astros right before opening day is Carlos Correa uh, has not been extended. He received an offer a couple of weeks ago from the Astros. It was six years, $120 million. Uh, he specifically said that was too low. And uh, today, James Click spoke to the media and said that there were conversations that were had over the weekend. So we're going to quote, stay at it. Um, I mean, I don't even know where to begin on this whole thing. I guess maybe the six years for 120 million low ball offer. You know, you give the opportunity back to Carlos Cray and his camp to come back with, Hey, here's what we think. And then you could do the ping pong effect and go back and forth. Uh, there hasn't been another offer reported out there that's been made to Carlos Correa. Um, I, I guess I'll just get it. I don't think he will be extended by opening day. Yeah, I guess we can we can just start there and go go off into it. I the the number that I that I think he's going to ask for is is out of this world, uh, and I I just I don't even really know where to begin on this. So maybe maybe you can lead us into. So where, where you stand with, with Carlos Correa and him wanting an extension with the Houston Astros? Look, it's hard to it's it's hard as a fan, right? We have to separate the fandom from reality, perception reality. Uh, Carlos Correa is a homegrown talent, which you know, we know the story. Drafted him one overall, went through went through all the lean years uh, in the minors, came up and was that new wave. Him and Lance, you know, the 15 team, uh, all the way through the championship, through all the ALCS. We know that we know the accolades. We know how clutch he is in October. Uh, we know his problems of staying on the field. But Carlos Correa's aren't grown on a tree. They're just not. And you have to pay those dudes because you don't have dudes like that just coming up the system in the pipeline. Yeah, you have these prospects and, and these guys that you can maybe think would get to that um, level of play, but you already know what you have with Korea, and the upside, if he is healthy, is unlimited. So you're in this uh, rock and hard place of a player knowing what his worth is, uh, the ceiling, while the, the organization knows the floor, and it's such a wide gap that that's why you have these these troubling conversation talks and i and i think and i've and i've said it before to our team that whoever uh is training carlos to use the media as leverage should get a huge raise of whatever contract he gets absolutely because he's he's been able to to leverage his relationship with the fans in the city to make the front office look like a, a bad guy uh for less of better words and I'm okay with that because we're in the age of social media and we're, we have all these access to these players that no one has had in the history of planet earth because throughout these times of, you know, you can go back to the nineties and the eighties, seventies, all the way. You only knew about all this stuff when you read it in the paper, when you woke up the next day and now we get instant tweets, we get instant feedback and to see him use that is 
amazing uh, as a player. Uh, and then as an organization, you're going to have to step back and realize like, hey, uh, if we do go all in, it's making a commitment to the city, to the fan base, to this organization to extend this championship window because Carlos Correa is a huge staple of that. And I'm not saying Carlos Correa leaves after this year and the window slams shut, but it does close a bit. And I am at this recording right now on 3.30. This should be out before opening day. I don't think it's done. I don't think this deal's done. I, I think he's, he's given a hard stop, uh, but an agent is not going to turn his phone off, right? You know, they're going to be some back channeling and, and there could be floating some numbers and Carlos can just be like, yeah, that's my number I want and let's rock and roll. So I know he's given a hard stop at opening day and I, and I know the fan base is going to be um, walking on pins and needles like they had the last few days. But I don't think it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Carlos Correa could not get signed in the season because agents don't turn off their phones and front offices don't turn off their phones. So there will be some back channel talks for sure going into the season. Yeah, and, and you raise a good point with the hard stop. He himself, Carlos Correa, has given a hard stop on opening day because he knows that if he does not get extended by the Astros, he will be playing for his contract, if you will, because if he comes out and falls on his face in 2021, he knows that he's not going to get a big paycheck come next free agent, you know, next, next off season. So give the Astros a hard stop. If you can't meet any kind of deal at the first pitch or at first pitch of opening day, then let him Carlos Correa focus on the season, play out of his mind to try to get an even bigger paycheck and let his camp do the work. Because like you said, an agent's not going to turn off his phone. There's there's 100% going to be talks throughout the season behind the scenes. Carlos Correa may be briefed on him. It's not going to take precedent because he knows that he has to play out of his mind. And the biggest thing with Carlos Correa... We can talk about the offs or we can talk about the postseason play. We can talk about the heel uh that the the heel role that he took on last season with all of the all of the the, the shit talking. Exactly. Between all of the cheating, the trash cans, whatever, uh the guys out in LA running their mouths. Carlos Correa came, he stepped up, he became the leader. Hundred percent. Uh what what he did for Framber in the playoffs, we all know it. We all remember you know what he did to step on the mound and say, Hey, calm down. Here we go. Blah, blah, blah. The biggest thing when it comes to Carlos Correa is health. Yep. Durability. If, if he stays healthy and plays to his ability, then he is going to get a massive contract next off season. Yeah. And I, a massive off season and he's going to be well-deserved 100%. because the dude, I mean, let's just talk about defense real quick. The arm that he has, is probably the best arm from a shortstop. I think you can make a case for uh, maybe Fernando Tatis, but you've got Carlos Correa that's got probably the strongest arm as a shortstop. The plays that he makes, the range, you can talk about the connection that he has with Jose Altuve. The defense sets itself apart, and then what he does at the plate when he hits well is, I mean, it's it's... Top three in the MLB, arguably the top three shortstop in the MLB. So do the Astros get a deal done by opening day? No, I I, I firmly believe they do not. I think they're going to try, but I just don't think they can meet the number that Carlos Correa wants. 
And to talk about other shortstops, you have a list here. You and I both have this list. Here are some names that are going to be free agents come next offseason. Francisco Lindor. Obviously, he's been made a massive offer from the Mets. 10 years, $325 million. And turned it down. And he turned it down. Brian, hold 30, on. Pause. Pause, <laughs> Brian. Look at me right now. We're, we're on Zoom, so I can look at you. $325 million over 10. And he straight up looked at him and I said, ah, nah. I'm good. Higher. He says it's not enough. Not enough. Bananas. That's that's oh bananas. He's already making he's already making twenty two point three a year. I mean, and he wants more. Deservedly so, I'd say. Um, going above three hundred and twenty five million for the next ten years. Um, Look, is wild. Money that is doesn't a lot exist. Of money. Money right. on a hot take. Money doesn't exist. It's Steve it's Fairy Dust. Steve Fugazi. 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 Steve Cohen bought like a hundred million dollar art piece. Like money's not a thing, and they're in a big market, right? So the best and final offer from an organization was three hundred and twenty five million over ten. So one, that's a data point, right? That's okay. They. They're they're backing all the Brinks trucks back up, and they are saying, "Hey, you're our guy." Here's three hundred and twenty-five million. And then, two, if I'm Carlos Correa and I'm seeing an organization offer three twenty-five, and the last known offer to the public was one twenty, that's a that's a big disconnect, right? Yeah. Two, I think, and, and we can look back in five or ten years, the Padres going all in on Tatis this early. Set the bar. Like, it set the ground. Because we all knew. We knew the Seegers. We knew the Lindors. We knew the Correas. Yeah. the Tatis. All these different, the Javi Baez. We knew yeah. all these guys were free agents. It was a top, it was going to be the, the, the off season of, of the shortstop. It's going to be the hot topic. It's yeah. going to be, like you said, it's going to be the season of the shortstop. Because you've got Lindor, Simeon, Story, Seeger, Brandon Crawford, obviously on the back end of his career. Carlos Correa, Javi Baez, Andralton Simmons, and then Miguel Rojas. And then there's a couple other names, but they're not really relevant. It's definitely the offseason of the shortstop. And and so you, the Padres just said, well, screw all that. Let's just go get our guy. And now yeah. that's the bar. And so now all the other teams, I, I, get, I guarantee you, owner to owner, Cohen, Crane, they're calling San Diego's guy. I'm like, bro. Like, hey, what are you? What are you doing? Yeah, oh yeah, thanks, thanks, yeah. guy. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> yeah. man. Um, so, I don't know. The Padres yeah, it, guy could be like, hey, you want to party? And and click and and Cohen could be like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to party. It's, I, yeah. So it's, it's a it's, it's a huge thing. Yeah, it's a big thing. And and Lindor, when we talk Lindor, uh, he made the Mets a counter offer, twelve years, three hundred and eighty five million. The Bananas. Mets had already come out and said. Best and final offer right now, 10 years, $325 million. He wants, I can't even, what is that, uh, $60 more million for, two, I mean, just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. So if Lindor gets that type of offer, if, if he gets, a team offers him that, even if the Mets come in and say, hey, we'll give you, we'll give you 12 years, $370 million. And he says, okay, let's do it. What do you think that's going to do for Carlos Correa, especially if Carlos Correa can stay healthy? Yeah. It's I, just going to jack the price up. So Money doesn't exist. Right. It, it's it's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's just fairy dust. So, you know, I, I hate to do this, this 
I hate to give you this question, but is Carlos Correa a Houston Astro in 2022? No. And I've said it since 19 that we should enjoy every moment of Springer and we should enjoy every moment of Correa. Uh, I don't have inside sources. I've I've talked to a lot of people that are plugged in, and just the feedback I got was just never never there. And we know the history of the Astros. Yeah, they've been spending. That's under the Lunau administration. We have the Click administration now, but you know, obviously Crane oversees all that. Is is the money bags, and he has dished out. We've seen him dish out. There's not an excuse, and I see it on Twitter every single day of the Astros being cheap. We're not cheap. We're one of the top payrolls in right. in all of baseball. That's uh, that's the most frustrating thing. It's so frustrating. It's and they're very like, frustrating. They're like, well, Click is in a pinch pennies. Uh, well, no. I mean, we don't know that. We don't have enough data. And two. We have $75 million coming off the books because Jeff Luna went all in on on his Astros and pushed it to the limits. Really didn't develop pitchers and just like, hey, I'm going to go get guys and we're going to pay them buttloads of money and we're just going to roll with that. And it's, are we going to see the repercussions of that? Absolutely we are. Yeah. But you have $75 million coming off the book, which is Grinky and JV alone. Uh, I'm, I am 100% for certain they're gone next year. They're they're they I don't think they're retired. They're just they won't be here. And there's money there to be spent. Now is there's it, a lot of that's that's a good amount of money to come off it, the books with those two guys leaving. But now it's now it's a, a testament to a front office of is the ceiling and high ceiling and low floor Carlos Correa worth that investment over a let's just say eight to ten year span. Um, or if you do do that, the Astros could very well have a, a pool holes type deal. And I'm not saying it's apples for apples, but we saw the repercussions of the angels going all in like that to an aging pools. Obviously Carlos is going into his prime, but that's a lot of money locked in, uh, to, if you, if you go a 10 year deal to a 37, 38 year old Carlos Correa. Yeah. It, when you talk about the Albert pool effect, I mean, just look at how average the, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever there is. The Angels, look how average they've been. Yeah. They've got the best player on the freaking planet and they haven't sniffed the playoffs. Not saying that's 100% on Pujols, but them locking into that long-term of a deal hinders their ability to go out and get young arms, to get better players. And again, they've got freaking Mike Trout. Yeah, Literally, 100%. he's going to go down as probably... The best baseball player we've ever seen. Ever. And he's never going to get in the playoffs because the Angels just aren't good. And that and that pool holes effect has something to do with that. So I just don't know if the Astros want to lock into that long term. Plus, if Carlos Correa wants 10 years, uh, I don't know, upwards of $300 million, the Astros aren't going to do that. No. There's a reason why Dallas hard. Keuchel left. There's a reason why Garrett Cole left. There's a reason why Charlie Morton left. Um, George who's the Springer other one? Left. George Springer, exactly. There's another reason or another player. Those are four big names that the Astros had at one point, and they're all reasons why those guys left. I think they do a good job of analyzing their talent. They know that they have a few young guys coming up. Um, I, I just I don't see Carlos at the end of the day. At the end of this segment, I don't see Carlos Correa being a Houston Astro. I don't. I 100% agree. I, I think, you know, quick prediction here. Who does he end up with? If he's not a Houston Astro in 2022, what jersey does he put on? 
He's either a, a Miami Marlin or you're going to hate this listener. Close your ears. Um, he may look good at, at shortstop or third base for the New York Yankees. Yeah, so we talked about this during spring training because we got to see the Astros take on the Marlins. And I've raised the question to the Apollo HOU people. Uh, is he going to look best in the Yankees road grays or is he going to look best in the Miami Marlins teal? What's he going to do? Look, the, the appealing the appealing part about the Miami Marlins I'm buying is, a jersey. I'm buying, definitely I'll buying buy a jersey. jersey. Absolutely. I will definitely buy a jersey, even if it's the bright orange one. Yeah. Sign me up. The, the most interesting part, if the Miami Marlins make a run at Carlos Correa, who's the GM of that team? I don't know. Maybe the, the guy we've all emulated growing up, the, the jump throw from deep short that yeah. uh, now doesn't even exist because Carlos Correa can just plant his back foot, throw it 96 across the diamond. Exactly. But Mr. Derek Jeter. Yeah, Derek Jeter, the general manager of the Miami Marlins. Plus, it's in Miami. Owner. Owner of the Miami Marlins. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So, the G, yeah, the GM is Kim. How do you say it? Kim G? Kim Yi? Yeah. Uh, I yeah. probably butchered that one. Owner. Derek Jeter. Correct. So don't let's not forget about that. That's so good, I'm, I'm with you. That's a good selling point, right? And we'll we'll end this segment. I'm excited for the summer or the winter of shortstop, right? It's gonna be that's what it's gonna be. And when you sit down at a dinner table with your agent and whoever in your camp, and it's Derek Jeter across the table and he hands you a blank check, that's a hard thing to say no. Yeah, how are you going to say no to that? It's a very, I mean, very hard thing to say no to. You can't. You just you can't say no to that. So, sorry. I know people listening to this podcast are probably not going to be happy with our predictions for where Carlos Correa ends up in 2022. We can wake up tomorrow and the deal could be done. It could be completely the, wrong. The, the, the likelihood of that are very slim. Um, so, we'll just have to wait and see. But that's going to do it for that segment. Going into our third and final segment of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network, we'll talk about opening day, which is, you know, right around the corner, and the season predictions. So we'll see you next segment. Final segment here on Beyond the Diamond podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network. Follow us at Apollo H-O-U. I am Brian Lima at blima790 on Twitter. My co-host here on Beyond the Diamond is Apollo Dez. Follow him at Twitter on Twitter at Apollo Dez One, and Dez is spelled with a Z, by the way, in case you were wondering. So, final segment here, Dez. We've got opening day right around the corner. It's tomorrow. Um, man, thank goodness baseball is back. With all the with all the BS that Houston has had to go through. Uh, with, I mean, you could go, there's a, such a long list of dark times that we've gone through in the last year or so with all of the sporting, with all the major sports teams, mm-hmm. the Rockets, the Astros, the Texans. Um, it's been brutal. Uh, the University of Houston men's basketball team is in the final four. So that's a bright spot, but something that you and I have been looking forward to since the Astros lost in the ALCS last season is opening day and it is tomorrow thank god baseball is back we are here we're here boys um the cool thing about this opening day start right is not only like you said all the all the dark cloudy stormy clouds have been around houston for the last four or five months uh but spring eternal right opening days here we're we're not at home to start we're on the road we're in oakland and it's against a team 
that hates our guts. And I think we obviously can say we hate them too. And they've they've kind of been little brother to us throughout the last they have. the last they five 100%, years. They a hundred percent have. And and that's not a knock. That's not a knock on Oakland because they have a lot of good baseball dudes over there. Besides one rat, but they've been the little brother. And last year during the sprint, little brother threw a punch and it it landed. It it caught us. Uh, but then big brother picked little brother up, said, Hey, this is October. This is the playoffs. See you later. Enjoy yeah. home. Enjoy your cookie. Mom's going to give you a little, give you a little, a tap on the head and Hey, don't mess with big brother. So, um, I'm excited. I'm super excited for the series. So for the athletics to do what they did down the stretch of the regular season last year was pretty impressive. They're always that pesky team that really never goes away. Correct. Right. So, and they always play well against the Astros. Uh, for them to make a run at the Astros last season, uh, I'll just give it to them. It was impressive. And they ran their mouth. They wanted the Astros in the playoffs, and they got more than they more than they bargained for. They got slapped in the playoffs. Yeah. Got absolutely. kicked. Uh, I'm sure they've held on to that all offseason, and they're going to want to come out hot, for opening day, you've got Zach Grinky against, let me, let me, is it Bassett, right? Yeah, Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett for the A's. They've got opening day at their park. Again, we don't know if they're going to have fans or not. Uh, California is a little iffy on, on their restrictions, you know, so to see if they have fans uh, is one thing, but it's an exciting time just because it's opening day. We finally have baseball back, but I really hope. Zach Grinke comes out and throws a solid six innings, hands it off to some of the young guys, and I really hope that the uh, the A's just get smacked again on opening day. All that noise we heard from them, all the talk, all the talk, all the smoke, and they get beat down in the playoffs. You've played baseball just like I have. That will stick with you all throughout the offseason. You know they're going to bring it for opening day. Yeah, this game has 100% been circled on their calendar from the very jump. In, in the offseason, it's it's probably up in their in their gym. It's The Astros are circled. And I think for a lot of teams, the Astros are circled. And we saw the repercussions of the fallout, excuse me, probably a better word, the fallout of the alleged ch- uh, cheating scandal that teams are going to come for the Astros. And now the fans are going to be there, so they're going to come for the Astros as well. But the, the boys have gone through it. And we saw the stress of last year of just making the playoffs and then the relief of that and the run they made in October once again. Um, so to be in the Coliseum, and I, and I talked to my boy Athletic Rants and, and Robbie over on the All Hell Oakland podcast just last week, and we talked about it. We dove into it, had a great baseball conversation. They're, they know the game, the inside, inside and outs, and they, they they represent the Oakland fan base very, very, very well. And and I talked to him about it. I was like, each team, the Astros and Oakland, are going to beat up on the Rangers. They're going to beat up on the Angels. They're going to beat up on the Mariners. They're going to beat those teams in the division. So where does it, where is that differentiating factor in the race for the West? It's these head-to-head matchups. And so we know Oakland starts off slow. 
we we've seen it in years past the the sprint they actually came out of the box great and they, and they went all the way to the finish line uh but notoriously oakland starts off slow and it gets hot in august and that's when i'm like oh my god we have a 10 game lead it's august might as well chalk it up to a half game lead going to late september because oakland just does blood magic in in the late dog days and they make it a close race in the west and so now that the both teams have kind of circled this little rivalry I think uh, these games are going to be a total war, and each side has some dudes. I think we have some better dudes, but baseball is baseball, baby. So I, I'm ready to see these guys get a war. So let's let's uh, let's have a few opening day predictions here. Okay. Does Jordan Alvarez hit a bomb? <sighs> Look, Bassett can throw the pill. Like he's a, a bona fide ace. Um, it just seems right, right? It just seems yeah, it has it, to. It, it right? has to. It is. Jordan Alvarez on the film, it, it, yeah, he does. It's a bomb. Yeah, uh, I personally, I, I've, I'm envisioning an Oppo Taco, left center field, just Yahtzee, just effortless, 400 feet, left center field, two run bomb. Book yeah. it right now. Book it. Book it. Book it. All right, book it. Okay. You heard it here first on the Beyond the Diamond podcast. Uh, another prediction: Zach Greinke, five plus innings. Let's say six innings. Look, I'm looking at I'm looking at some some BBVA. Look, I, I'm looking at Lariano versus Greinke batting five fifty six and ten at excuse me nine at bats. Chapman three fifty seven and fourteen at bats. Elvis Andrews five hundred and eight at bats. Uh, Matt Olson has not had success for Zach Greinke batting of one forty three and fourteen at bats. And then you have some other guys with ten and twelve bats, kind of respectfully floating around that two seventy five to three hundred. Um, five innings. I'll take the under. I think he he's right at five. I would say. Oh man. The thing that I love about Dusty Baker is he trusts the player. He trusts the artist that's on the mound. Um, and we saw it last year where he left Grinky in, and Grinky loved that. Said he loves it. He felt like someone actually trusted him. Yeah. Different conversation, obviously, last season. I say he goes a solid six. It's, I say he goes a solid six. It's opening day, baby. It, it, I know. It's tough, though, Brian. It's tough because... Uh, it is. It is. I'm going to be the optimistic person here. I'm usually pretty much a realist. I'm not a homer by any means. But I just think Zach Cricky is going to toss a nice opening day uh, outing, and he's going to toss six innings. You want a hot take? Oh, yeah. Duh. Is that, it, we wouldn't be in Apollo if we didn't have hot takes. So let's hear it. Give me the fire. So listen to this. Bassett last year went 5-2, and 2.290 RA, 55Ks, and 63 innings. Almost a strikeout an inning. Uh, had a sharp spring, posting 174 ERA and three starts. Mr. Yuli Gurriel goes deep. He's sporting a 368 average in 19 at-bats, zero bombs off bats. So he sees the guy well. He sees a guy that has emerged into a staff ace for Oakland. And uh, I think Mr. Yuli, I leaned out Yuli. You know, we, we hear it all the time. They come in the best shape of their lives for spring training, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Yuli, Guriel, Bombskis, probably around, uh, I would say, a second at-bats, so around 10, 15, 10, 20, our time he puts one in, in the coliseum stands okay last prediction for opening day over under two hits for miles straw Ooh. okay here hang on hang on hang on over under two hits for miles straw and kyle tucker 
I'll go first. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. Okay, maybe I was going to, but I'll take the I, over. I was going to take the under. I mean, it's I, Bassett's just really he's, good. He's a dude. He's good. He's a dude. We could easily see a pitcher's duel. That's that's kind of what I'm leaning to. Uh, a three to two ball game, four to two ball game. Opening day hitters still aren't crisp. Uh, you get a couple bombs here and there, maybe a two run, maybe a solo. Uh, yeah, for Kyle Tucker and Miles Straw, I'm going to take the under. I mean, oh. I, I think I think you're spot on. I, I'm pulling it up right now on on Bavada. The over under is eight and a half. Eight and a half for opening day. Eight and a half. Really? Um, both teams are minus one ten, so Vegas is just kind of okay. split. It's even odds, so under eight and a half is the where the juice lands. Um, I don't know. Does that change anything for you? Mm. No, not really. All right. There's a no, reason just, why there's lights and casinos and hotels yeah. in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Very good point. So as we talk about predictions, let's talk about the entire season. Yeah. The uh, the beauty of this season, it's a full season, 162 games. Um, where do you see the Astros ending up in the AL West? What do you think their record is going to be? And where do you see them into the playoffs? So a three-part question. Yeah, I have them at 95 and 67, um, winning the West. It's going to be close. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think Oakland's going to be right there to the very, very end. Um, I'll probably slam both their team total overs uh, respectfully because I think it's just those two those two teams. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Seattle is uh, up and coming. I've been very bullish on them with their young core. I think – they remind me a lot of that 15 team. They don't kind of have the vets like the 15 team did, but uh, the young guys can ball. Um, the Rangers are in a complete rebuild. The Angels, you know, um, Mike Trout's on that team, and Rendon's there, and Shohei if he's playing this year. But I just think it's a two-horse race uh, down the stretch. I got um, – well, the last question was the outlook of the playoffs? Yes, where do you see them ending up in the playoffs? Yeah, I think the standard is an ALCS uh, appearance. It's four in a row, right? I believe four in a row. Yes, it'll be four. Uh, it'll be it'll be five, and yeah, 2017, 18, 19, 19 20, 20, yeah, twenty one. That'd be so. Five I, in a row. You have to say that's the bar, uh, and that's a crazy thing to say as a as a fan of the game that uh, the standard of the last half decade, the golden age of the Houston Astros is the ALCS. And uh, I'm going to keep it there. I, I got, I got that. I got Bregg's runner up MVP and I got yard on over 40 bombs. I mean, you talk about the standard, but that's what the standard is for yeah. the Astros. They're the standard of the city Yeah, absolutely. because of their track record. Look what they've done. Uh, look what they did in 15. Obviously they should have gone a lot deeper uh, in that year. 2016 was a down year. Yep. Um, they underperformed that year. For sure. And then they hit this this stretch, 2017, obviously, World Series. 2018, they lost to a red-hot Red Sox team. Red-hot. Uh, in the ALCS. Everything went their way. Including uh, 2019, umpires. Yeah, including umpires. Joe West, what are you doing, what son? Are you doing? Figure it out. Uh, 2019, they make a World Series appearance. Obviously, stretched to seven games. 2020, everybody counted them out. You can say what you want about 60 games, blah, 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 blah. But they made it back to the ALCS with a pitching rotation and bullpen that had guys that hadn't pitched over high A. You had guys coming out from Fayetteville. It was literally throwing, it was literally the games. Island of Misfit Toys. Yeah, absolutely. The Island of Misfit Toys is the perfect way to put it. 
So for me, my predictions, I've got them going 91-71. Okay. Uh, I, I think there's no way that they don't win at least 90 games. I'll give them 91-71. and 71. I have them winning the AL West. Uh, the Angels, they've got a few guys, but I just don't think they'll be there. The Mariners are young. They're not very good. They are, to me, they are uh, up and coming. Uh, the Rangers, the Arlington Rangers, I'll, I will rag on the Arlington Rangers for the rest of eternity. They suck, and I love it. They've got that barbecue grill-looking stadium up there. Uh, I will say I will make a road trip up there, yeah, um, sure. low-key. For sure. Definitely going to do that. But they stink. They're not going to be there. So it's, it's, it's a two it's a two-man race. And I think the Astros have enough to get past the A's to win the AL West. Um, where they will end up in... The AL, or where they will end up in the playoffs for me, I have them going back to the ALCS. Uh, I don't know if they can get back to the World Series. I, the biggest question mark for me in this Houston Astros squad uh, is the pitching staff. The longevity of this season is going to be key. Who is going to step up beyond Grinky? Uh, Lance McCullers needs to have, uh, obviously he just got re-signed, so that's a great thing. He's going to come come out and try to prove prove what he, you know, what he can bring to the table. Can he throw over 150 innings? Can he stay healthy? You've got Framber Valdez. I look, you know, when they get him back, can he dominate like he did in the playoffs? Yeah. The stuff that he has is is disgusting. Uh, I look forward to seeing him. The biggest question mark is the pitching staff. And again, James Click and his crew could go out and they can make a, a trade deadline to get another arm. Um, but I just don't see, I, I don't know if they have enough to get back into the World Series. But hey, Five in a row back to the ALCS, that would be something. So I think, like we discussed, that's the bar. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited. Uh, baseball is finally back. Finally. We can, look, we can look forward to a bright spot. We can look forward to uh, tomorrow being opening day. We can finally get to see the death lineup, as you like to call it. Yes. Uh, in a game that counts. And I'm just pumped, man. I really am. So... Tomorrow's a tomorrow's going to be a great day. Yeah, I think the the great thing of what Apollo Media is is our content creators and the stuff we bring to the fans and for the city. And I'm just for one day, I'm going to just put everything on the back burner and just enjoy the moment. Obviously, just enjoy that baseball's back. We're, we're playing a full season. You're going to be able to catch us on the Lima Lounge leading into the game and then an Astros watch party on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Apollo HOU. And we're just going to ride the wave and just vibe, you know? That's, That's all it. we're going to do. That's all we're going to do. And we're going to enjoy the moment, like you said. Opening day is a special day. Um, finally, it's a full season. Fans are going to be back in a good majority of stadiums. A lot of Apollo will be at the home opener a week from Thursday. Correct. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, the Astro, well, not unfortunately, but the Astro start on the road. So we'll enjoy it from home. Yeah. We'll enjoy it from the comfort of the La Lima Lounge Thursday evening. We might have a couple of brews. I don't know. I don't know. You, you never know. Do you want to party? You'll have to. You'll have to too. I mean, look, dude, if you want to party, we can party. All right, uh, that's man. all I'm saying. I'll do it okay. if you will. I will if you will. But that's going to do it for the first edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Before we sign off, Apollo Des, do you have anything else? No, just thank you for the continued support. Um, like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, we're going to be turning these out weekly. Uh, we're going to be the number one place for all content. Uh, I, I said it uh, for the last few months. Um 
we're not going to change the marketplace. We are the marketplace and we're just going to keep thriving and striving for greatness. Yeah. And and one thing that I will note about this podcast is it's not going to be your traditional podcast. We're an 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 unorthodox duo and I love it. Absolutely. So if you want your standard boring baseball talk, go somewhere else. Yeah, there's a door. That's that's okay. Exactly. If we're not your cup of tea, that's fine. But what you're going to get here is electricity. Book that. Amen. Book that. That's powerful. Follow us on Twitter at Apollo H-O-U. I am Brian Lalima. Follow me on Twitter at BLima790. He is Apollo Dez. Follow him on Twitter at Apollo Dez1. Again, that's going to do it for the first edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Love you guys.